Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Whoops, that was from my other podcast. Never mind. <laughs> that was that was from his OnlyFans account. <laughs> you can only do oh, so much. Level. You can only do so much when you charge three bucks a month, Jason. Come on now. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need rails. I feel like I feel like that's a throwback to a certain numbered episode, Eric. <laughs> Anyway, oh, you, you said need rails, not need railed. Okay, I understand. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening. Jeez. And welcome to the kickoff for presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. You've already heard the other two voices on this show. The first of which is the anchor man, Eric Watkins. Stay classy, W2M. I'm not gonna. And the other is the unprofessional, Jason Teasley. I'm here, I'm drunk, and fuck Doug Peterson. They'll have more to say about that a little bit later on. There's a certain segment we like to do at the end of the show. You know the one. All right. Um. So I talked about how this would be a return to a traditional episode of the kickoff this week. We're actually going to postpone the traditional episode of the kickoff to next week. We're studs and duds, and uh, so that happened to return. Unfortunately for this week, we have seven major games to get to. The national championship game of the college football playoff, and it is a wild, wild, wild card weekend, which will be the title of this episode, as Super Wild Card Weekend, as it has been dubbed by the various networks. Six first-round games for the National Football League happen over the course of Saturday and Sunday. We start collegiately, as we traditionally do, and we start with the National Championship game as the number three-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes take on the overall number one seed, Alabama Crimson Tide. The number is eight. The over-under is 75. Which, as a bit of a squid bit, for the BCS and college football playoff era, that number, if it stays, would set a record. The previous total, it was 74 and a half. The question of Gatorade color is also in doubt. Just because I needed three for college football. Unless you guys want to do the player of the game, because we could do that as well. It really doesn't matter. Well, I thought I thought Ohio State was like the 11th or 12th. No, they were 11th, according to Dabo Swinney. That's what I thought. And I hate Ohio State, but... I- yeah, why are we giving them credit? All right, let's just go ahead and get into our predictions here. I guess we'll go with our player of the game as well instead of Gatorade color just because we need a third thing to pick in order to keep this thing symmetrical on my list. Not to mention All the right. fact that there's only a few different choices of Gatorade colors if you really think about it. Clear, orange, or blind. Can can I get a can I get away with saying it's no drink character or would that be more Jason's turf? Uh, I'm more familiar with Jason, but you get a pass. What is it? Very well. I didn't do I, it. I, I, All right, let's get to it here. Jason, uh, Alabama minus eight over under seventy five. Who? How many? And who? You know who's the MVP of the game? Uh, as as I pick, um, my wife's being stupid. Um, as I pick on my wonderful um, FanDuel Sportsbook app, I took Alabama minus the eight 
and I did take the under. Um, now, my play of the game, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I'm going to go with the obvious uh, Smith being player of the game. I mean, coming off his Heisman win, I think all eyes are on him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the low-hanging fruit. So Alabama covers under 75 and Devonta Smith is your pick. Correct. Even though Stedman Bailey, his senior year, didn't even live, win the Blitnikoff Award and had uh, better stat lines than him, uh, and he won the Heisman. Just throwing that out there. What's your uh, What's your final score prediction? Uh, I'm going to take I want to take it to be like 35 to 17. I think it's going to be. I think uh, it's going to be uh, Alabama's going to jump out to an early lead, and they're just going to maintain because they're not going to want to risk injury, so they're not going to try to run up the score. Uh, I would see if Alabama gets up by more than three touchdowns uh, late in the third quarter, I would I would almost guarantee that you'd see um, some of the key players pulled. Uh, therefore, you know, especially those uh, looking to start playing on Sundays. All right, Eric. I need a winner. I need a spread prediction. I need giggity. I need <laughs> an over/under, an MVP, and a final score. All right, my winner, Alabama. They will be the second consecutive number one overall seed to take the title in the CFP era. I do agree with Jason as well that they do cover. However, I disagree, and I think, again, this one is more set to go over the total. I think it is going to be a very competitive first half, most likely dominated by the ground game. You're going to see a battle between Sermon and Harris, but I think it's going to be definitely more opened up in the second half by Alabama and their wide receiver core, especially if Waddle returns. I do believe because with the Waddle being set to play, as it stands right now, for a quarterback to miss out on the Heisman, he's going to go ahead and spread the wealth and show his true awesomeness, and my player of the game is going to be Mac Jones. Final score... I'm going to make it three for three in terms of taking Alabama here. And a lot of this has to do with, honestly, I just don't think Ohio State has the firepower to stay with Alabama for the entirety of this game. Then again, I didn't think Ohio State had the firepower to stay with Clemson for the entirety of that game either. And here we are. <laughs> I think it's an under. I, I, national championship games tend to be a little bit more on the defensive side, and I don't think that 75 is a realistic number. I do think it's a little bit closer than everybody thinks it's going to be, though. So I'm going to go with – I'll take the Tide 34-24. All righty. And since Eric took my player of the game – <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I'll take Nashi Harris. Fair enough. I'll go with the, I'll go with the running back person. Alright, so if you guys enjoyed the way that we just predicted the national championship game, make sure you guys check out the Super Bowl preview episode of the kickoff a little bit later on in the season as the return of the Super Bowl Super Parlay comes back to the kickoff for the third year in a row. And we have a huge 20-bet parlay to which we see who of us can hit the most of the options on the parlay. Last year's winner of that, the cheater on his cell phone right now. Spo yeah, I was going to say, spoiler alert, it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm not a cheater. I just, I just know what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I'm just that good. I mean... Look, yet, just, just because you have a combination of alcohol and graham or animal crackers, Ginger Thomas. I mean, I could go for 
animal crackers right now. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I just had myself some of my two-layer cake that I made before, so I'm good. That being said, for as good as Jason is at our Super Bowl parlay, when it comes to the regular season, well, I'll hail the king. Much. All, all I'm going to say is, you know, i got to give you guys a, uh, some kind of motivation to keep coming back every year. Hey, now, I happen to be very consistent. I am just as bad in the regular season as I am in the playoffs as I am in the Super Bowl parlay. That should tell you something. <laughs> and speaking of Super Bowls, there is something to be coming up. We have an anniversary coming up here soon. Oh. Wait, well, hold on, hold on. I, I, he, he talked, I talked, I didn't understand what he said. Try that again, Jason. I said, speaking of Super Bowls, we have an anniversary coming up soon. Uh, wasn't it the Super Bowl preview episode of season one that you joined? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, and when I become a current fixture on this podcast and Ginger Damas was released upon the W2M world, and he is slowly moving up the ranks and slowly taking over one animal cracker at a time. Eric, hang in there. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to give out a certain 1-800 number at the end. <laughs> okay, so for some, uh, to put a little bit of profit, uh, story behind that, there, there was a diff- preface was the word I was looking for. Behind that joke that Eric there, the we have the uh, W2M group chat for sports relations, and Jason posted a picture of his playoff parlay that he made, and we'll talk playoffs here in a few seconds. Playoffs? We're talking playoffs? Never get old. And I proceeded to post the number for gambling gamblers anonymous. <laughs> All right, so it is a Super 6, as it were, but not the Super 6 that uh, Fox is doing where they try to give away a bunch of how- of Terry Bradshaw's money. Could they give away one of his daughters instead? I no, take – okay, could I take that instead of maybe a hundred grand, like one of his daughters and ten grand? I'd be good. I would just like to marry – I would marry into the family and just be the heir to the, his fortune. Here's the problem, though, Jason. Then you'd have to root for the Steelers. No, I would. Can you live in a world where you have to be a Pittsburgh fan? I don't know that you can. And, and. Why would I have to be a Pittsburgh fan? Now, hold on a minute. Bigger question, and this is the reason why I say you'd have to still throw in a bit of money my way. Even if you're not a Steelers fan, could you handle being on reality television? (laughs) Would I be allowed on reality television? Touche. That's the better question. Rounded parts. The answer, of course, to that is no. Jason Teasley, too real for reality TV. Oh my God, there's your new nickname. (laughs) Too real for reality. Ladies and gentlemen, and anyway. you couldn't get this kind of organic material anywhere else except for the kickoff. Oh, you said organic. I thought you meant orgasmic. <laughs> no, that, that's saved for point of viewer. Remember, different show. And if somebody didn't have to work so much, also Black Irish. <laughs> hey, you know, somebody's... I'm freaked out if you ever wanted to do point of viewer on a regular basis. And somebody's schedule changes in two weeks. This is true. He does have more time off. Excellent. You didn't do the Burns Fingers, though. Never mind. Oh, Mr. Uh, oh, visual representation on an audio podcast. <laughs> God damn it, Jason. <laughs> and first of all, it's first of all, it's air quotes on an audio podcast. Get my quote correct, sir. <laughs> All right, like I said, it is a wild, wild card weekend here as there are six different games to predict. 
And the most fucked team of all of them is the 10 and 6 Miami Dolphins, who do not make the playoffs, even though the 6 and 10 Washington football team, or 7 and 9 Washington football team, sorry, and the 8 and 8 Chicago Bears do. Real quick, before we make predictions, uh, Eric, do you think we'll ever see a situation where we go to a overall top team playoff rather than separated by conference? No. While that idea has been bandied about for the NBA, I don't see the NFL ever doing it. They don't want to get into a situation like the old Arena Football League did in the early 2000s. Two teams from a specific conference meeting in, in the championship game? Oh, not just that, but a division champion not making the playoffs because they weren't on an overall top seed. They missed out on tiebreakers. Frankly, if you don't win enough games, you don't deserve to be in. But they were 9-7. and seven. Okay, it's hard to argue against this, a, a positive 500 team not getting in. I mean, especially if you're hitting 563. Exactly. Now, if you were in this case with Washington, I would have gladly pulled a CFL-style crossover and given Miami that four seed and see what happens. We'll talk more about Washington a little bit later on in the show. First, we'll predict their game, and then I'm sure that stuff from Sunday night's going to come to the surface a little bit later on. For now, let's focus on the games in question for this particular weekend. Eric, how did I know that as soon as the playoff pairings were announced that they were going to stick Buffalo in the early Saturday slot? Well, given matchups and ratings and the fact that now you have to cover games on Amazon Prime Video and Peacock and Nickelodeon, eh, you know, a whole matter of exposure type situation. But at least you're getting a national game, though. We are a national broadcast as at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. That's uh, 11.05 a.m. out on the left coast. 10.05. The Three hours, sir. Yeah, 1.05 p.m. to 10.05 a.m. 11.05 if you're in the Rockies. Or you want to be on the West Coast, but you're really not. Like a certain person who may be returning. Uh, I'm trying to get him to come back for the Super Bowl show for sure, just because I think he would have fun with the parlay. Not to mention, I would go easy on him on his show, the R&R Sports Report, which you can listen to Tuesday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern, and that way I harass him less about 5'10 bowling. Note, I said harass him less. But still harass him. KLCZ.com. We miss you, Randy. Keep your head up, brother. All right, moving on. Um, It is a 1.05 p.m. Eastern start in Bill's Stadium, formerly Ralph Wilson Stadium, formerly, what was the name of the bank that just folded, that we took the name off of the stadium? Oh, shit. <sighs> Trying to remember the name of the sponsor last year, and I don't remember it. No, it ain't Cisco. Well, while Eric looks that up because it looks like he's heading to the Google. The Indianapolis Colts, the number seven seed in the AFC, and New Era Field was the former name. New Era Field, that was it. New Era Bakery. The Indianapolis Will you quit talking over me? Jesus. But you gotta remember, he's the drunk one this time. It's different rules. Philip Rivers in the 11-5 and five Indianapolis Colts come to face Josh Allen and the 13-3 and three AFC East champion, very funny, Jason, Buffalo Bills. The line is six and a half. Do I even need to tell you what my pick for this game is? Do I really? Like, do I have to? I mean, you're taking, the, you're taking the Colts and the points, right? Obviously, it's Indianapolis, of course, because Buffalo can't beat the fucking AFC. No, obvi- obviously, I'm taking my Bills. Um, am I nervous facing a team from the AFC South again? Yes. Why would you be nervous? I mean, it was only 10 to 3 and then 22 to 19. I mean, third time's a charm, right? 
you enjoy that number one overall pick, Eric. And Trevor Lawrence, welcome to Jacksonville. You'll love it here. <laughs> oh, not so fast, Mr. Watson. We'll there. talk about that later, Jason. Let's get through the picks first. I'm obviously taking Buffalo, and I think the Bills cover. I, I think that – I don't even think it's arguable. Buffalo's probably playing the best football in the National Football League right now. Bills hung 56 on the best scoring defense in the NFL in Miami in Week 17 when we really didn't need to, but we did anyway, and that was what's pulling this, most of the major starters at halftime. There were two things that have me slightly worried about the Bills in this game. One, Cole Beasley did not play last week because he got injured at the tail end of the game against Denver. Two, Stephon Diggs got a little dinged up in the game against Miami. Hopefully both are full goes, although I do know that Diggs did not practice yesterday. But again, we're talking about practice. I mean, you, you figure that with a game with this sort of a magnitude, they were going to go easy in practice anyways, so I am not terribly worried. My whole yeah. situation is... If it was not for the Hale Murray, the Buffalo Bills would be coming into the playoffs on a 10-game winning streak. I mean, this is a team that everybody talks about the cliche, oh, you're peaking at the right time. Your Bills are really peaking at the right time. And even though, yes, it is the AFC South, even though, yes, it is Phillip Rivers, it's still Phillip Rivers. I'm confident that the Bills will win and cover. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is have we peaked too soon? Because 56 points is a lot. Well, I mean, hey, it's not every day you get Matt Barkley throwing a couple of touchdown passes. Not to mention you have a somewhat of a undersung hero in Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie scored three times, and then Gabriel Davis had two catches in the second half for 103 yards. Bam. He had a 100-yard day on two receptions. Pretty impressive. <laughs> All right, Jason, are you going to break my heart? I I, I am. I mean, I, I think Buffalo's going to win, but I think uh, Indy's going to keep it close and be with them, and they'll cover points-wise. Uh, I definitely think Buffalo's going to win the game, but I'm going to take the Indian, Indian the points. All right, I can respect that. I'm I mean, it's going to have me basically turning. You've seen my parlay pick. You know I'm taking the Bills. You asshole. <laughs> At least it's not me betting on a whole bunch of stuff. I find yeah, that you... I'm better on futures bets. Yeah, you stay the fuck away from this game, Eric. That's fine. I will hashtag bet on Bovada some other time. However, I do have a couple very long-term bets that should be cashing in this year, thankfully. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 1.40 p.m. West Coast. There you go. Yeah, I, I couldn't math earlier. I only went back two hours instead of three. That was on me. That's why I'm here. In a weird afternoon game for the West Coast franchises, for a West Coast franchise, especially given the fact that when you compare the game that got the Saturday night football spot, this is clearly the better of the two matches. It is the 10-6 Los Angeles Rams with Jarrett Goff returning going to Lumen Field in Seattle, Washington, to take on the NFC West champion, Seattle Seahawks. The number is three and a half, Eric. Hmm. Seattle minus three and a half, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to take Seattle to win, but that hook is leading me for the Rams to cover. The way that Seattle has been playing, really up until the fourth quarter of that Niners game, it, it's been enough, but it hasn't been perfect. But at the same time, 
that Rams offense, both the couple of games with Jared Goff and with the local Jacksonville product from the Bulls school, John Wolford in Week 17, hasn't entirely been pretty overwhelming. So I do see this one, combined with it being another divisional rematch, being a close one, Seattle gets it late, and if I were to take an under, this would be that game. The number is three and a half to the Seahawks, Jason. Uh, I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle big, actually. Uh, I think the Rams, uh, Cam Akers is still questionable. Uh, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Seattle's def- uh, pass defense is abysmal most days. But I think the fact that they won't have to contend with the run, they're going to be uh, they're going to be able to limit Goff's ability. I mean, uh, Goff coming back from the injury as well. So I don't think he's Goff, going to try to. I was just going to touch on that real quick. Goff's not just coming back from an injury. Goff's coming back from surgery. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to. Uh, I think that I don't think Goff will actually finishes the game. Uh, due to that, I think he has some issues, complications. And I think Russell Wilson's going to go back to his uh, MVP form that he typically sees the first four games of the season. Uh, and then he disappears. Uh, but I really think that Seattle's going to win by at least 10. I'm with Jason on this one. I think that Seattle wins and Seattle covers. And the reason I say that is this is not a fully healthy Jarrett Goff. And a fully healthy Jarrett Goff gives the Rams an opportunity in this game. A Jarrett Goff that is returning after missing a pivotal Week 17 game where they their playoff spot was not entirely for certain. Because realistically speaking, if the Rams would have lost and the Bears would have won, the Rams would have missed the playoffs based on the tie-breaking scenarios in the NFC. True. Instead, the Rams snuck in after beating Arizona due to Kyler Murray's injury in Week 17. Murray doesn't get hurt. Well, the Rams still get in because Chicago lost. But the Rams come in stumbling off of a loss to Arizona. I do not think this is a close game. I think Seattle's defense, after being a whipping boy for most of the season, realizes that this is the time to turn it up. And like Jason said, if there's one quarterback in this entire playoffs that I trust, it's Russell Wilson. And again, I'm, this, I, I am not saying anything against Russell Wilson. Real quick, go ahead. Real quick, just real quick, just I was just gonna finish up with give me the Seahawks and give me the Seahawks by double digits. Yeah, I'm not saying anything against Russell Wilson as a whole. I mean, if you let Russ cook, you're going to get a Michelin star worthy recipe. I'm not saying that at all. I am just saying with that offensive line and some of these issues, it's hard to get the oven preheated properly. And even though the Rams have their issues on offense, lest we still forget Aaron Donald. It's the main reason why I think it's going to just be a little bit tighter. Not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, giddy. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Family show as well, sir. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. <laughs> I, I got to give at least one. I've got a quasi kind of streak going. We we have to bounce back from last week's underwhelming underwhelming flashbacks in fairness we were out of practice last week our nightcap on saturday is a nbc broadcast so saturday night football which means yay two chris collins works woohoo now there's a guy (laughs) can we dramatic reverb his commentary feels like you're watching an episode of the goddamn Twilight Zone listening to him. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to allow Eric to lead off with this real quick. I don't want your prediction yet because it's Jason's turn to go first on predictions. Okay. But what I, what I do want you to do is explain the squid bit that favors the home team in this game 
as the 11-5 top wild card team in the a- NFC Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady go to FedEx Field to take on the 7-9 and NFC East champion Washington football team. Gladly. And the squid bit is this. A lot of us, especially older NFL fans, remember the 1982 strike-shortened season. That was the first time you had teams with a losing record enter the playoffs, which were expanded that year. Two teams with a 4-5 and overall mark. Correct. Cleveland and Detroit. Since then, there have been three teams that have entered the playoffs with a losing record. The 7-9 Seattle Seahawks, the 7-8-1 Carolina Panthers, and now the 7-9 Washington football team. Both the Seahawks and Panthers won Wild Card Weekend at home. Jason, FedEx Field sees Tampa Bay as eight-point favorites on the road against Washington. I think it's going to be uh, a murderous. Um, I don't see this game even being close. I see this game being close at the end of the first quarter and then it just being ridiculous, especially, I mean, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. Nor the um, uh, nor the uh, fan of the Bucks, but Chase Young gave Tom Brady some bullet board, bulletin board material, and that's something you don't want to do. You don't want to antagonize Tom Brady, and Chase Young has done so, and I think it's hey, it's going to come out, and Brady's just going to bit smack uh, Washington. And I might have a little hatred for Washington myself, but we won't discuss that right now. We'll discuss it later. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. I, I think this game's going to be closer than people think it's going to be. And the reason I say that is I, I think Tampa Bay is going to underestimate Washington and specifically Alex Smith. I think that Alex Smith has been playing like a man possessed this season when he's been available to be in. And Alex Smith has all the motivation that he needs sitting at home in his trophy closet right now with his former knee brace that is now shaped to look like the Lombardi trophy. Is this Washington team good enough to beat Tampa Bay? No, I don't think so. But I do think Washington covers eight and a half. I would say the Buccaneers advance. And by the way, Eric, where are my Buccaneers? Under your bucket hat. hat. Yeah, but Washington covers. Personally, I'm with Jason on this one. Number one. You've got Tom Brady motivated with extra motivation, not just from Chase Young, but the fact that the Patriots are out of the playoffs and he is trying to win a ring without them to show he was the better man in that situation. You've got the clown himself, Antonio Brown, who actually, for the first time in God knows how long, has been able to get through an entire season not only being good, but without any off-field issues. That really takes care of why Tampa Bay, who's also firing on all cylinders, especially after what happened against Atlanta, how they're coming into the playoffs. And on the side of Washington, yes, you have Alex Smith. Yes, he's been very capable. Yes, he's back to mostly his old self. But if you've got a coach in Ron Rivera saying that he's mulling rotating quarterbacks between Smith and Taylor Heineke, who, unless you watch a lot of NFL preseason games like me, you wouldn't have even known who he was before this past Sunday, I really think that's going to be a bit of an issue. I think Chase Young is going to be held in check for the most part. It wouldn't surprise me to see him get a half a sack early on. But with this situation, I really do see the Bucks 
winning, going away, covering heavily, and you may want to go ahead and find alternate viewing plans for the second half. Can I throw an idea at you, Eric, when you mentioned the rotating quarterback thing? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that might potentially be a mind game from Ron Rivera in order to get Tampa Bay to have to prepare for two quarterbacks while secretly only planning to play Alex Smith? No. I mean, he really saw what he got from Heineke after Dwayne Haskins was benched and then subsequently ceremoniously released. And I think especially with the latest injuries that Alex Smith has had to deal with during the back half of the season, that's something in mind to kind of protect him. So while this would be a perfect riverboat gambling maneuver mentally, I really think this is a legitimate consideration in his head. I'm just throwing it out there that Rivera might be floating this to fuck with Tampa Bay. Eh, eh. Is it possible? Yes. But given the totality of Washington, mm-mm. I will say this much as well. At least Washington doesn't have to worry about possibly going to Dwayne Haskins in any situation. This is also very true. Very, very true. I don't like the guy. Jason knows who I'm referring to here. But when it comes to this particular quote, he is 100% accurate. Dwayne Haskins, thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Well, hey, he doesn't have to worry about picking up any more fines for going places now, does he? Maybe Jameis can show him how to spill crap mix. <laughs> Speaking of the Saints, they actually play in the 4 o'clock game on Sunday, but we're not to that one yet. All right, so I start us off for the Sunday schedule, and it starts with a simulcast, much the same way the Bills' domination of the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football was earlier this season. God, it was nice to whoop their ass on national television. Can I just say that for the record? Yes. Yes, you can. We all delighted in it. Oh, man. That game was cathartic. Careful there. I can only stall but so long if you need to get more underwear. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so back to the uh, the game in question here. As a ABC, ABC ESPN simulcast sees the Baltimore Ravens at 11 and 5 and the number one wildcard team in the AFC traveling to play at Nissan Stadium in Nashville against the AFC South champion, the 11-5 Tennessee Titans. Baltimore is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, With all due respect to Mr. Jackson and how well he played in the final week of the regular season, does Baltimore have a 2,000-yard rusher this year? Oh, Henry! Does Baltimore have a player that sent multiple different dudes to different galaxies with his stiff arm? And I say this having happened to Josh Norman of Buffalo in the process. Don't, don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. I know what he's done on TV, and I don't want to talk about it. You're going to give me three and a half points as well? I'm taking Tennessee to not only cover, but to win. And Derrick Henry goes off against Baltimore once again. 2020's postseason repeats itself. Tennessee knocks Baltimore out of the playoffs. This is just a bad draw for the Ravens in round one. Eric? See, I'm going to disagree with you there. Because while you have King Henry on one side, you have Mr. Cramp himself coming out of the locker room like Willis Reed to start Game 7 in the 1970 NBA Finals. Man, he did it. The only cramps he had was he had to shit. <laughs> I was going to say, I heard that he had to poop. No, he actually yeah. disputed that. He disputed that because everybody was, making, because, the, everybody because was making the Paul Pierce reference. Because, of course, he's going to uh, reject it because fucking OBJ was blowing up his DMs about it. <laughs> what a 
shitty situation. Go ahead, Eric. Continue. Oh, God, we flushed this segment down the toilet, but I digress. They'll go for two. <laughs> we can't. We can't flush it without taking a photo first. That's OBJ rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, continue, Watkins. Oh yeah, but if, if for okay. something like this, I think this revenge situation is just perfect. Knowing that, as I talked about how hot the Bills were, I think the Ravens are in a fairly comfortable second as far as how they've played on the back half of the season. Do I think Derrick Henry will have a good day? I absolutely do. But I think the Ravens are going to be able to counter that with their own rushing offense. Medium scoring, but I do take Baltimore winning. And covering it. Jason, you'll be the tiebreaker here. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Tennessee in the points. Uh, I don't think I don't think Baltimore can hang with Tennessee. I mean Tennessee's defense has been uh bipolar to say the least this year. But I think that um Tennessee at home is is nice. I, I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry and that 2,000-yard-plus rushing uh, title all the way to a first-round victory. My preseason pick for the Super Bowl was the Ravens and the team in the next game, the Saints. I just said that the Ravens were going to lose this week. What <laughs> happens to the Saints? Let's talk about it. It is a CBS broadcast at and Nickelodeon as well, if you're into slime with your touchdowns. I'm not. I prefer the slime left for my porn. Never mind. <laughs> Family show. Go ahead. Oh, dear God. I it feels weird me saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one of you was going to, and I hoped it was going to be you, Eric. I'm not going to lie. Man, no wonder. Uh, I see how you feel now. It's all weird. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. CBS and Nickelodeon have the coverage as the 8-8 eight eight final wild card in the NFC Chicago Bears go to the 12-4 NFC South champion, New Orleans Saints. The number, Jason, or excuse me, the number, Eric, Eric starts this, Eric starts this game, Jason gets the nightcap, is 10 to New Orleans. See, I'm a little hesitant. But I'm going to say this. What is my recently standing nickname for Mitch Trubisky? Mazda Miata Mitch Trubisky. Correct. And how long do Mazda Miatas typically last? A couple of years. Okay, so we've had Mitch for a couple of years, right? This is the time to where he really breaks down. You don't have Nick Foles, well... Okay, you do have Nick Foles, but this time playing for you instead of against you. You don't have Cody Parkey, so there's no threat of Doink the Clown showing up through the uprights. But I have seen Mazda Miata Mitch, and I know this is just the time to where he is going to shit the bed. When the number came out first at 8.5, I would have easily bet the Saints. Now at 10, I'm a little less comfortable, especially given Khalil Mack and that Bears defense, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think New Orleans defense scores in this one. Give me the Saints and the points. The number is Saints. Um, I don't, I don't think the Bears stand a chance. I think this is going to be a cakewalk for New Orleans. Hold on one second, guys. My headphones just kind of shit out on me. Eric, can you do? Uh, apologies for that. I know there was a little bit of a delay there from when you guys were listening to what Jason just said with his prediction and uh, my prediction. So, um, Eric, you're taking New Orleans to cover, but barely, right? Yes. 
don't if it stays ten, don't be shocked if it ends up a push. Jason, you're saying New Orleans has no problems. Correct. I think it's going to be more than the the line. I have a friend of mine who listens to the show who is a Chicago Bears fan. And I have some very friendly advice for her come Sunday. Call me? Uh, no. I thought it was Don't friendly watch. advice. Don't watch this game. I'm with Jason on this one. I think that, especially now that the rumors are circulating that this is it for Breeze, the Saints are out to make a statement on Sunday, and they make it at the expense of Chicago. I would not be surprised at all to see this be double the line. I'm saying, I'm saying New Orleans 35-14. The only thing that I see that would be in Chicago's favor is if the rumors of Kamara not playing are true. That's what I've heard as well as a punitive measure thanks to certain COVID protocols and certain Instagram pictures taken a day after a certain record time performance. I'm catching an echo. Is anybody else catching that? No. All right, let me try this now. All right. Am I good? Yes. Yeah. All right, I think we're good now. The main event for Sunday is yet another divisional battle. We had one on Saturday, one on Sunday. The Sunday one is the 8.15 p.m. Sunday night football for Wild Card Weekend as Heinz Field hosts the 11-5 number six seed Cleveland Browns, words I never thought I would say in 2021, against the 12-4 AFC North champion Pittsburgh Steelers. The number in this game, Jason, is Pittsburgh minus six. Uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. I think that, uh, you know, you're hearing it about Breeze. I, I'm thinking Big Ben might be um, on one of his last hurrahs and no better way to beat Cleveland and advance in the playoffs than this. Uh, they better hope he's not leaving after the season because that means Mason Rudolph is the starter in Pittsburgh, and ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, no, that just means that Miles Garrett will be able to uh, prepare for another season of playing whack-a-mole. Fun fact, he signed a contract in the offseason that would allow him to do that to uh, Mason Rudolph 4,731 more times. <laughs> And still have money left over, which is fucking hilarious. So, I mean, just one more time and then you have a nice round number. I think it's going to be a closer game than the first game. Honestly, I think it's going to mirror the second game, the one that they just played this past Sunday. I think it works to Cleveland's disadvantage that they just played this past Sunday as well, with Cleveland needing to win to get in. Because Cleveland had to leave nothing in the tank, whereas Pittsburgh didn't play Ben Roethlisberger, and most of their other starters played on a limited schedule. I think Pittsburgh wins. I think they cover, but they don't cover by a large number. I'm honestly saying that six might be right on the line, if not a point too low. Uh, Give me Pittsburgh Pittsburgh 24-17. Give me the Steelers, give me the points, and I'm with Jason. This is one to where they're going away. The Browns are going to be down a couple of players. The Browns are down Kevin Stefanski as he's out because of a COVID. I've heard that there's talk that they might try to arrange a coaching situation for him in the stadium, away from the players. Oh, oh, so what? This is going to be a Liberty situation? You freeze up in the box in a damn dentist chair? Yeah, hell no. Liberty, 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 be Coastal Carolina. I'm still mad at you for taking that game, Jason. You knew I wanted it. It's okay. 
look, at least you weren't shaking with anticipation in that game, unlike other people. But that's beside the point. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on. You were thinking it, too. Hashtag oh. twinsies. Ah. <laughs> the views and opinions of Eric Watkins do not necessarily reflect those of us here at the WWM Network. And I can't. Well, no, I can't because you're like the editor for the site. What the hell do I know? <laughs> Fuck it. Alright, so all three of us are taking Pittsburgh. Um, so Sunday we only have the Baltimore-Tennessee game that we disagree on. Saturday we have two different games that we have different potential outcomes for. Because you have the Rams covering and then I have Washington covering. Mm-hmm. Jason's basically Mr. Status Quo for this entire broadcast. He agrees with at least one of us on every game. And, so well, he, but he's the only one of us with an actual parlay for now. So, I was gonna say, did you bet all six or just the five? Because I thought you stayed away from the Saints Bears game. Uh, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure it was just the five because I asked about that Saints game. Uh, yeah, I think I did. Uh, I think I did. Did five. So let me just take a look. Take a look. I did Buffalo, Seattle, Tampa, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I did not take the Saints game. You know, it's a sign that he bets too much when he can't remember the ones that he did take. This is why I'm here. Although, also, to be I'm... fair, I was gonna say, to be fair, he's also been drinking most of this podcast. And for reference, and for reference, Jason, we're only at fifty-two minutes, not three hours like last time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is kind of ironic. You did mention that you wanted to get tonight's show done in seventy-five minutes, and we're not even going to hit that tonight. I know. See well, look what at this. What happens when we cut Randy out? <laughs> Look! Look at us! Look at us being all and shit, Eric. I know it's weird for us, but it leaves more time for other things and planning, and for me to be on Snapchat and for me to convince you to be on Snapchat. Everything is copacetic. Although you know what we do have to worry about come Sunday, Eric. Crabs. No, that's a daily. That's a daily worry for Watkins. Hey, hey. There's all kinds of treatments and tests for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, he gets them drunk. It's rubbing alcohol and sand. They get drunk and throw rocks at each other. I mean, Game he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> Game show Sunday starts this Sunday. Jason, you're welcome to join us if you want to. I'm well aware. I've already got Name That Tune recorded. But I'm going to warn you. Uh, you may hate me because I did watch the sneak preview of The Hustler. You're going to love that show. You think so? Mm-hmm. I'll add it to my watch list on Hulu, but I can't promise that I'm going to watch it. Specifically, though, me and Eric are planning on watching The Chase, which is basically All-Star Jeopardy turned up to the beast mode. See what I did there? <laughs> clever. Clever. I see what you did there. It's the three guys from All-Star Jeopardy taking over for the Beast as the chase goes from GSN to ABC for a run, which I'm looking forward to. I I like I like Ken Jennings. I, I like Brad Rutter. I'm a huge fan of James Holzhauer. We've talked about him on the show several times before, especially given the fact that we get betting advice on the show, and he's known as a Vegas gambler. Not to mention his, ch his uh, chaser name is the High Roller. It just fits perfectly. So that's one of the ones that we've been talking about one, ever since it was announced that it was coming to network TV. I was surprised to see them reboot Name That Tune, so I'm really looking forward to checking that out as well. Like I said, Jason, you're more than welcome to watch along with us. I'll probably be drunk. That'll make it funnier. Uh, Eric, you could say life is like a game show almost. We're just trying to be, trying to be scheduling and whatnot. <laughs> hey, that could be our debut. Message me once we get done. Will do. Alright, let's get Dumb to this. Person. 
You have been listening to the kickoff of the presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite... Wait, I gotta stop myself right here because we didn't do our social media plugs and we do those first because of the fact that DOTW is going to be as a result of it. Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, find me over on Twitter at W2M uh, Chairman. Uh, I'm usually on there giving out fancy football advice. Talking shit to people in fantasy football, like J.K. Dobbins, and how I hope he gets syphilis, or you know, just shooting the shit with some peop- uh, people in my DMs uh, about just the games and stuff going on. For the record, I think syphilis comes more from the Alpha Camara crowd. <laughs> also, uh, you can find me at your local uh, church organization, uh, admitting my transgressions in gambling and/or drinking, and there's that. So this means we have three 800 numbers that we have to worry about now. Fantastic. Actually, after after this week, the beers I have ingested were well, well deserved and have made me feel a lot better about life. You're about to feel a lot worse about it. Don't worry. We'll get to that in a few seconds. <laughs> Eric, where can people find you online? As usual, you can find me at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. Uh, not a whole whole lot that's really worthy about live tweeting, but you'll know with me, especially my weird hours, that is always subject to change, especially now that the AFL is ramping up into their preseason. Stay tuned for that. If you're looking to talk about a few other things or ask for different advice, you can also find me on Facebook. Look under Eric Watkins. You know the drill. Guy, wine, recliner, what have you. And if you're, as always, if you're looking for something a little extra special, find me on Twitter, slide in my DMs, undergo through the proper vetting process, and you will gain access to my Twitter, dark Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Kick, all those other particular things that I may also incorporate to try to get uh, Harry involved with. And as always, this blog brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Commercial and website coming soon. Notary Public Services available in the state of Florida. Yes, commercial eventually coming. As far as the website goes, that's on you, Watkins. I have nothing to do with that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, at ATBB Eagle, pretty much everywhere that it matters online. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Yahoo. Remember, though, hate mail goes to s.garmer at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, fuck the one, thing, the one thing that stays consistent through. Oh, we'll talk about him in a few moments, I assure you. Care to guess where that's going, Eric? Segway! Uh, in addition, um, if you're into wrestling, you guys can check out my, my thoughts and my ratings on Grapple. I do need to go back and put in my ratings for TLC. I think I forgot to do that, so I do need to go put my ratings in for TLC. But I got some fun news on tonight's episode of NXT, Jason. What's that? Earth Day Takeover. Nice. The next NXT Takeover event will be February 14th, 2021. Happens to be my 36th birthday. Damn, you're old. Really? All right, Captain Forty, you enjoy your animal crackers it's over there. Forty, shit, I'm forty-two, son. I'm shocked. I'm damn, teeth. I'm, I'm damn, I'm damn AARP over here. Those motherfuckers sent me a letter a couple of days ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I have my AARP card. Why don't you guys? No, I got my white. Card. I don't need AARP. Isn't AARP for people like 60 and over? Not entirely. You can add family members onto memberships. And it's 50. <laughs> so you're on Mama Watkins' AARP card then. Bingo! Ironically, he have... also backs for AAA too. <laughs> you were just a boots, Watkins. Jesus. Hey, now, I pay for my share for the AAA every year like clockwork. Thank you very much. Or it could be a Christmas gift, too. Speaking uh, of Christmas gifts, 
I pay. We'll talk I, about that on the air. I pay for my my subscription to AA. He just doesn't go. Yeah, I was always told quitters never win. You have been listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W Two Network. I have no better response to that than this. I do. Only it's only chips that he can't gamble with. <laughs> <laughs> What makes you think I make it to get a chip? <laughs> That's why you don't, because you can't gamble with them. Online at w2mnet.com. Like I said at the start of the show, folks, where we're going, we don't need reels. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Jason, guess what? What's up? Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Apparently it did Spectrum. Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Alright, Jason, let loose. Fuck Doug Peterson, fuck you right in your fucking ass with a fucking gorilla fucking infested STD cock. You cock-sucking son of a bitch for taking the fucking game against the goddamn fucking football teams that forbids the Giants from fucking getting into the goddamn playoffs, you cock-sucking son of a bitch. Listen to hear you four and five and three and sevener. <laughs> I'm really disappointed that none of you got the George Carlin reference there. I didn't remember that particular part of that set. That was the thing. It was. The, the part of it was is he said that you should assign you could assign each of them a number because they were the seven dirty words you couldn't say on television or the radio. True. Once you said it there, I was like, yeah, now it makes sense. All right, Eric, who's your DOTW? Obviously, Mark Lamping, and I'm waiting on bated breath for whoever is going to be our new president of team operations because we're already on track to get a new quarterback, a new head coach, a new GM. He's just the last piece of the puzzle. Urban Meyer worth $12 million. We'll talk about that more next week, won't we? Maybe. (laughs) That in the business is what we call a deep tease. A dick tease? What? Deep. D-E-E-P. I mean, you get there with your penis. Never mind. (laughs) Family show, Harry. What the hell am I? Is this Bizarro World? Jesus. (laughs) Uh, My D-O-T-W is Sean Garmer. Would you like to know why? Would you like to know why, Jason? Especially relates to your team. Yeah, lay it on me. This motherfucker doesn't say one goddamn word for most of the season. Congratulate you on winning the game on Sunday, which is respectable of him, commendable even. And then has the unmitigated goal to applaud and meme the disrespectful actions of Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagle organization on Sunday night. Did you not see the memes that he posted in the kickoff chat? No, I had one. I had a picture of Dak's ankle, but I was—I didn't see that. But I think somebody mentioned I was—I, you know, I actually have a job that you know I actually have to be at and you know do you know reasonable work. Uh, so I don't really pay attention to Sean much. But I was going to post a picture that says another bad break for Dallas and show Dak pictures of Dak's ankle. Uh, but I, I decided against it because I, I, I don't want to be that bitter person. I don't want to be a dick. No, no, Jason, uh, come I, on. No, wait, wait, come on now. You know damn well kicking field goals for the Indianapolis Colts is very, very respectable work, okay? And it makes Sean a lot of money, all right? Let's get that okay, straight. Eric, Eric finally popped me. 
uh, fans, we're doing a video call while we record this podcast, and you can literally see Jason's stomach shaking after Eric said that. It's laughable. Wow. If it makes if it makes you feel any better, Jason, I did fire back on your behalf. I appreciate it. I posted a meme that said, Jason Garrett still keeping the Cowboys out of the playoffs all these years later. <laughs> well, I hope I hope that he uh, – well, let's put it out this way. The Buffalo Bills can exact our revenge, their revenge on him this week. And to think, he won't even be a divisional problem anymore if he gets the Chargers job. No. Sean kicks for the Colts. The Colts play the Bills. The Bills can annihilate him this week. That's also Uh, true. Hmm. Um, Actually, you know who I heard the favorite in in the Chargers job is? Even though I don't want him to be? Who? I've heard... I've heard the favorite for the Chargers job is Brian Dable. Hmm. Well, I get. I guess the Chargers realize that they don't have the right outlets for the Clappers to work out west. Too many electricity issues. Jason's done, <laughs> and so are we. Thank you for listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network.